What's up, guys? Welcome into the Next Up podcast. I'm Adam Brenneman. We are on campus at Penn State today, actually on Coach Franklin's balcony, practice field behind us, doing a little Penn State season preview series of podcasts with coaches, players, everything you need to know about Penn State football going into the season happening right here over the next few days on my YouTube channel. Before we get to the interviews, please subscribe to this channel, whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, press that subscribe button. All your support allows us to travel around the country and have some of the best guests in the country in college football on this show. So so please, guys, support the channel. Let's go talk to the guys. Penn State fans, you have an opportunity to see Beaver Stadium in a way you've never seen it before, just two weeks before kickoff on Friday, August 18th, with the Beaver Stadium VIP experience put on by Mercury. Fans will get unparalleled access to the locker room, the broadcast booth, luxury suites, and press box at Beaver Stadium. You'll truly spend a day like a Nittany Lion. The best part is part of the proceeds will support Penn State football's NIL collective to make sure we can get the best players in the country in Happy Valley. If you're a true Penn State fan, you do not want to miss out on this. Click the link below and claim your spot for the VIP Beaver Stadium experience today. Next up. How things going? Two weeks into camp now, right? Yeah, been a, been still, a grind. Still some of my voice left, so yeah. it's, it's a plus. <laughs> Coach, I appreciate you doing this. Excited to talk to you. Um, been a lot of people have been asking me to get you on the podcast, so I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, two weeks into camp, give me the kind of the state of the union on where, where things are at for the defense. Uh, so far, so good. You know, tomorrow's a big day. It's kind of our first scrimmage. We'll actually have fans here, which is going to be yeah. um, good to kind of put pressure on us. Uh, you know, you got to deal with you know this. Success we had last year creates expectations, yeah. which is a good thing. Um, and we have to make sure that we, you know we've, our messaging has been about a standard. Don't worry about expectations, worry about a standard. Yeah. The standard will take care of expectations. And I think our guys want that. Uh, we, obviously, we have a lot of depth. Um, and now it's about you know, sort of the guys stepping up and taking over some of the roles of some of the great players that left us a year ago. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you, when you watched last year's film, obviously so much success on defense, but what's the one thing that during the offseason review you said, we got to get better at this right, right away in 2023? Well, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a beginning to end story. Yeah. We, we were obviously so much better in November than we were in September. Um, so one of the big battle cries has been we can't wait till halfway through the season yeah. to really figure out what we're doing. Um, and I think... Our understanding of, of how we want to cancel run gaps and how we want to attack up front um, is better than it was at any point a year ago. And I think that's where it all starts, right? You know, yeah. any great defense has to be great versus the run. Uh, and that helps you leverage long yard situations uh, for the offense. Yeah. You mentioned replacing a lot of the, the guys you lost. Specifically, what comes to mind is Jair Brown and Joey Porter Jr. How do you go about replacing guys that had such a presence on your defense, and, and how have you know those guys that are supposed to that are going to fill in those gaps uh, perform so far in training camp? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Joy was picked 32, 32nd <laughs> overall, and, and take a very high pick. Uh, 16 turnovers. We keep telling our guys every day, you know, 16 turnovers That's a lot. are hanging out in San That's Francisco right now, um, and we've had some almost plays in practice where we almost make the interception where you had that feeling that 16 last year would have made it. And, those are game-changing plays, you know, and, and you can look back at your close losses and say, oh, if only, and you can look back at some of your close wins and say, well, you forget those yeah. plays that get you over the top. So, um, you know, we have the guys that have the talent to do it, and, and they're starting to become more consistent with that. Yeah. Um, but it's not just now you talk about on the field, but it's also off the field. So, you know, pull that lens out a little further to P.J. Mustafer and Nick yeah. Tarburton and Jonathan Sutherland. I mean, they... You know, I've been fortunate to do this a long time and be around some really 
um, you know, unique individuals. That that is a group as was as about as good of a leadership group as as I've encountered yeah. anywhere in, in my career. So that void in the locker room is as important as the void that we've got to replace in terms of production on the field. Yeah, you, you just mentioned the the turnovers in practice and and making those plays. I feel like defensive coaches and and the defensive unit has a challenge in practice of you almost can't do things 100% in practice on defense because you can't hit the quarterback, you you can't hit receivers, you can't there's so many restrictions for the defense. How do you go about practicing things like forcing turnovers, like stripping the ball, like getting after the quarterback in practice when you can't actually really do it a lot of times? Yeah. Well, coach Franklin, you know, he he makes sure that we have a ball disruption period every day, which yeah. but again, most people do that. I, yeah. I think, look, there's not, we, we tell our guys every year, everyone understands the correlation between turnovers and winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is not a defensive staff that's not preaching turnovers during training camp, and yet someone's going to finish last in the country and someone's going to finish first. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's why what I mentioned to you is, you know, the way that we look at the game in terms of the game strategy is more turnovers happen on third down and long than any other down and distance. So what creates third down and longs? Um, we were outstanding last year in completion percentage against, mm. right? So you're forcing a lot of incomplete passes, a lot of zero-yard gains. We're top five or whatever in TFLs. So, you're, again, you're pitting people behind the chains. If you marry those two things together, you're going to end up in a lot of third and eight pluses, seven yeah. pluses. And when you do that, you have the ability to get around the quarterback. Now, one, we've got some players that don't need a lot of help getting around the quarterback. Yeah. You know, Chop Robinson, Deese Isaac, yeah. um, Denied Dennis Sutton, those guys – they're hard to block as it is, and then you try to do some things schematically to your point that even though you can't hit that guy in practice, they can see how it's going to come together. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the other big thing, too, is that when you look at us from a year ago, this time last year we were envisioning yeah. how these things would look, and we didn't really know. Yeah. Um, and as the year went on, you correct game mistakes because game mistakes are different than practice mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think they have a picture for it now. Yeah. You know, Tig has a blitz in the Rose Bowl, we call it the crossover dribble. He kind of euro steps the, the right yeah. tackle and melts the guy on the field and goes back there and sacks the quarterback. Our guys know now when the dime runs that blitz what it's supposed to look well, like, and as opposed like, to yeah. drawing it up on a chalkboard. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. The, uh, from a recruiting evaluation standpoint, I was curious to hear your thoughts on how you balance uh, seeing the guy on film who's highly productive but may not have as much upside versus the kid that's 6'6 with 35-inch arms but doesn't look great on film and hasn't produced at high level in high school. I always feel like that's kind of a tough balance in how you decide how many of those kids you take, how many you don't take. How do you balance that and what's yeah. your philosophy? I, I think that's the never-ending argument between personnel and coaches. It, yeah. it's, uh, it's potential versus performance, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think you look at some measurables. You know, I, I, It's obviously more than just size, 6'6", 300. Um, we do a great job here with numbers and whether it's jumping numbers, short shuttle numbers, things like that, that you know that if the kid can get it. Yeah. I think you have to be aware of what positions on the field are you talking about. Um, you know, linebacker and safety are their instinct positions, their decision-making mm-hmm. positions. You've got to be able to process the game. Yeah. And a guy that maybe doesn't run, you know, fantastic, but is a great processor of what he sees, um, can make a lot of plays. Yeah. But, you know, then there's some other spots where, you know, the freak positions, you look at how the NFL drafts in the first round, DNs and corners, yeah. right, where um, that's more can you run with this guy or can you not run with this guy? Do you have the, the ability to turn a corner on a one-on-one pass rush? So I think all that goes in. And then you have to look at your own roster. Hey, yeah. can we take a developmental guy? You know, we have a great uh, strength program here. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of success, you know, before I got here, how many guys in that weight room and then year two, three, four, five in a program, mm-hmm. they're real dudes. Yeah. So I think it all goes into it. 
Take me through your training camp routine. What, what's, a, what's a day in training camp look like for you? What time are you getting up? Is it, are you a 4 a.m. guy? <laughs> 4 a.m., only if something terrible's happened. No, no, heck no. No, the more, the more we learn about science, the more we understand the power of sleep, right? right? And uh, you better learn how to sleep fast this time of year. So we, um, well, really, there's almost two aspects of training camp. This is not unusual to Penn State. You know, our players just today are getting done with summer school. Yeah. Next, really, today, tomorrow, really starts proper training camp where it's no school, it's all ball from you know a.m. To, to nighttime. So, you know, we're normally in around seven in the morning, um, you know, whether it's a staff meeting or with the players, meeting with them. We've had some players had to go to class, as I mentioned. Um, so we have a meet, some sort of meet, morning meeting. We get them back in the afternoon, we meet again, right on the grass, and we're done on the, on the practice field, we're running inside as a coaching staff to grade it. Um, you know, so you could be getting home at, at 10.30, and, you know, who knows what. Uh, um, <laughs> And like I said, you sit there and you, you kiss your wife and you go right to sleep. It's, it, there's, not, there's not a whole lot for anything else. I want to tell you all about our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens. And let me tell you, when I found out about this sponsor, I was fired up because I've been using Athletic Greens for years. And I want to promote to you guys the things I actually use. I love Athletic Greens. As a former Division One athlete, I've tried countless supplements. And recently, my nutrition and my health has become a bigger deal for me as I get farther away from my playing career. And let me tell you, Athletic Greens is the real deal. Has me feeling healthy and energized every single day. With as much as I'm on the road, traveling, shooting podcasts, it's hard to have a healthy diet, hard to have healthy nutrition, hard for me to get my vitamins and minerals every single day. My doctor even told me that last time I saw him. But with Athletic Greens, I get 75 plus vitamins, minerals, and a bunch of other healthy things. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're good for you. And when I wake up every single day now, I feel energized, my digestion has never been better, and I'm ready to attack each and every day because of Athletic Greens and AG1. So if you want to take ownership of your health like I am right now, Try AG1 today at drinkag1.com slash next up and you get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you go to my link, tryag1.com slash next up. And guys, all of you who support this podcast, you guys supporting our sponsors helps me a ton. So please go support AG1 and support next up through the process and optimize your health and nutrition today. Drinkag1.com slash next up. Check it out. Camp isn't what, isn't what it used to be for players. Oh, huh? gosh. <laughs> Back in your day? <laughs> it's It's funny to think about just in the time that I've been in this profession how it's changed yeah. you know but but it's, it is better in so many ways number one from a learning you know you're taking you used to cram 29 practices with two days into yeah. a few couple of weeks and now you're extending it out yeah. um, look it's a year-round thing now the players are lifting training you know I remember when they would come back from being at home in the summertime I remember yeah. writing them letters to your team <laughs> being at home in the summertime so now they're on campus. You're not using training camp to get in shape. Yeah. They're in great shape. Like I said, our strength program does a great job with those guys. But now you get to really spend the time fine-tuning them into what it takes to be great at ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you, how have you changed the most from your maybe your philosophy, maybe how you coach, from what you learned when you were a head coach to maybe even times before that to, to now as a defensive coordinator? Well, you're always evolving. You know, we're, we're, we're teachers, but we're learners, right? And the game is always teaching us, so the game is always evolving. Offense is always evolving, so, um, you know, and then, and then you have to adapt what offense is doing to your personnel. So, yeah. so to me, you're always trying to solve the problem. Um, certainly, being a head coach helped me a lot as a defensive coach. I was able to sit in on quarterback meetings, um, had some really good quarterback coaches at the time that I was in Miami. Mm -hmm. And so to see the game from the other side of the ball um, and understand progressions, learn about 
the fundamentals of routes and what offenses are trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you, the things that you had an idea about, but to really get a, a deep dive in that, yeah. that can't help but make you a better defensive football coach. And and uh, and I see the difference. I see it in how I teach the players, you know, and, and, and understanding how it is that we're that people are trying to attack us. Yeah. How's the competition with Coach Yersich in practice? Is that is that a fun one? It's always intense. I mean, that's that's yeah. um, that's what it is. I mean, they ask they ask a lot of questions uh, even before the snap, just getting lined up uh, with the tempo and the multiplicity of the formations that they present. But it's I always say this: it's much better to get that from your own team no because doubt. if you're very vanilla yeah. on offense, and then obviously you get in the season and you've got to rely on a scout team to give you all these motions and shifts, yeah. um, that's very difficult. And we hope we do the same thing for them as well. We hope that. Um, you know, that there are certain coverages they see in the season, they're licking their chops and, and certain fronts because we want to make our life, their life as hard on them as we can during this time. Yeah. Do you feel like, I, I was just talking to someone else about this, do you feel like there's maybe a shift in offensive football right now, in college especially, maybe going back a little bit more towards like power football? It got so spread out for so long, right? And everyone was going sideline to sideline. Have you seen that at all, where maybe the people are starting to pay more attention? You, you, see, you see Alabama hiring Tommy Reese, who's the pounded down your throat kind of, coordinator are you, are you seeing that that shift at all you know it's interesting because we use words like spread yeah. uh pro style What's these type really of things mean, right? yeah and what does it mean um yeah. because even as the formations were spreading out there weren't very many good people that didn't run the ball this direction True. north yeah. and south and whether that was inside zone or whether it's duo power counter whatever it is you've got to be able to attack you know the straight line shortest distance between two spots yeah um what transformed the game was the RPO. Yeah. Because as a defense coordinator back in the day, you could get in the right front, you get your numbers right, get it fitted right, and they would just try to hammer it in there. And if, you know, it really was a battle of will and a battle of toughness. And I think that still matters and it's still paramount. But now they've got relief. Yeah. So you've got to really extend, you have to gap out your defense, not just sideline to sideline horizontally. I think that's what came about about 15 years ago, but then the last decade or so, you have to gap out your defense vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you better be able to cover. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, in addition to just be able to fit the run. Yeah. I heard you talk recently, I think Coach Franklin talked about it too, is kind of obviously with the success you've had and the success you're having here, there's going to be opportunities for head coaching roles. I'm sure you've had some last year. But the desire and the cool part about being a coordinator and getting to focus on ball and being able to actually be in there with the guys every day, how do you balance that when you're making decisions, when you're viewing just kind of what you want your life to look like and, and the, the benefits of just, just being able to call plays? Right. Well, I love my job, yeah. and that's the first thing. And I tell people all the time when they ask me for advice in this profession, I always ask them, I said, are you happy? And if yeah. you're happy, don't mess with happy because, you know, <laughs> happy is hard to beat. Um, yeah. I also love being a head coach, though. Um, but I think what you realize after, and I've, and I've spoken with other head coaches, and you realize it's about being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And, and timing does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you get that opportunity again, you want to make sure that the program is, is in the right hands. Um, you want to make sure that whatever the expectation for the program is, that the support matches mm-hmm. the expectation, because there will always be an angst if those two things are not aligned. And so it gives you the opportunity when you get to work at a place like this and for a, with a staff like this um, to be more selective yeah. in a way. And uh, so, you know, I said I, you could love two things at once, but right now I do love the fact that I get to compete and what I get to do yeah. um, on this stage. Last thing I got for you, Coach. Um, from a defensive perspective, how are you defining success th- this season? Well, success is holding them to one less point than what we <laughs> score. I mean, really, it is. Yeah. You know, I told a story the other day, you know, we – you know, there's one part of my career at NC State, we led the nation in total defense, like 220 a game, yeah. and only won five games that yeah. year. I, I just, 
look, it's really hard. We do all this stuff, man, and there's nothing, and I know you know this, there's nothing like a winning locker room in football. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the greatest. And whether it's 2-0 or 52-50, to 50, and nothing like winning because, yeah. you know, the, 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 you put so much into a week. Um, and it was so fun to watch our guys last year, especially in that last month of the season, we got really hot. And you see those faces, you see the faces in that locker room in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And that's what it's all That'd about. Cool. Yeah, so to me, um, now, now I'll say this, there are things that we base our defense around that we think help us win games. Yeah. So that matters. So we, we, we do monitor those metrics, mm -hmm. uh, but there's no metric that matters more than, than finding a way to win, and that yeah. ultimately comes down to get, what, giving up points. What, sorry, one more. What, what is the most important statistical metric you think for a defense? Is it, is it points per game? Is it turnovers? Well, is it, 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 obviously, it's points per game. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly it's points. So, so everyone knows that, so what creates points? Yeah. The most simple thing that creates points is explosive touchdowns allowed plus red zone touchdowns allowed. There's only two ways to score, right? From yeah. far away or from in close. Mm -hmm. So if you make sure your defense is really good about not giving up scores from far away, and then really are hard to score in the red zone, I think yeah. we were top 10 in red zone touchdown percentage a year yeah. ago, then you're not going to give up very many points. Yeah. No, makes sense. Coach, I appreciate your time. I'm excited to see you this season. and lo lo Love what you're doing. Yeah, my pleasure. Appreciate Thanks it, for being man. here. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. It was easy, it. right? Yeah, not of too course. bad. Yeah. <laughs>